right, all right. <clears throat> Day 256. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so jumping right in today, we are in Mark chapter 9. Now, remember, the setting is the travel narratives, right? So Jesus is headed to Jerusalem on the way, right, where he will be crucified for the sins of the world. And he tells the disciples that following Christ means taking up your cross, right? We've always talked about over and over again on this podcast, how a Christianity without a cross is a Christianity without a Christ. And so Jesus comes in Mark 9 and he follows the, the talk of cross with uh, the talk of resurrection, right? So uh, the transfiguration takes place, right? And and what is the transfiguration, right? It's glory. It's glorification. Listen, death is never the end of the story for Jesus and it's never the end of the story for the Christian, right? The resurrection is, right? And it's a, a shame, right? That many of us think of our eternal existence with God as one that is disembodied, right? We, many of us think that, oh no, no we go <clears throat> away, to be with God. And the truth of the matter is, is that um, after we die, that is true. But the, the end of the story is that God comes back down to be with us in new resurrection, created bodies uh, in glory. And now remember, <clears throat> I, I've said it before, but this text uh, echoes Exodus 34 when Moses's face, uh, when Moses went up the mountain and his face was reflecting the glory of the Lord here, Jesus does not uh, uh, partially reflect God's glory. He is the embodiment of the glory of Yahweh. Right. Moses had uh, used to uh, use a veil right to cover his face because uh, the people weren't able to fully see the glory of God. However, here with Christ and Paul will say this in Second Corinthians three, that we can fully and beautifully see the majestic glory presence of God that dwelt on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. Right. In the person and work of Jesus. Right. <clears throat> and even better than that. We will share in it, right? We will be, we will share in the glory of God because we will be glorified like him, right? In the new creation, in the new age, because of Christ's resurrection. That's just such a beautiful truth. And that's, listen, that's meant to encourage us today. If you are following Jesus, if you are going on the way of the cross, if you are following the righteous one and thus becoming righteous yourself, listen, God vindicates the righteous, right? He will raise you up and make everything new. And that's the end we long for. And that's the end we strive for and hope for. Um, <clears throat> and I think we need to remember that the cross and the resurrection, listen, mutually inform and interpret one another, right? At the cross, right? Jesus establishes the glorious, his, his, his glorious uh, kingdom and his kingship is established there, but it is hidden as well. Listen, it is hidden under the gruesomeness of Roman crucifixion, under the gruesomeness of death. However, it is fully and further unveiled uh, in the resurrection. So those two go together. Never talk about the uh, death without the uh, resurrection of Jesus. The very next thing, Jesus is on the way with his disciples. And remember, his disciples ain't understanding nothing, right? They not hip. They not understanding what's really going on. And uh, the very thing, the next thing that happens, though, is that Jesus uh, performs this miracle of an exorcism on a man that is demon possessed. And the main purpose is to expose the, dis the, the disciples lack of faith. Right. And he says that the generation is unbelieving. And then when asked if he was able to do the miracle, he's directs the man <clears throat> to the need for faith as well. So in other words, in the context, everybody faithless, right? Nobody really gets it, right? Like nobody really understands the power of Christ. And I think the thing that Jesus wants to show us is this. The question we must always ask ourselves is uh, not, we shouldn't ask ourselves if Jesus can do something, but 
do we have faith, right, that he can do anything? Right? That's the question we really need to ask ourselves. Not if Jesus can do something, but do we have the actual faith that he can do anything? And that should propel us in our following of him, right? And it says, <clears throat> at the end of 9, it talks about, um, after he had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out, right? And he told them, this kind come out by nothing but prayer. Um, prayer, listen, prayer in many ways is an acknowledgement that power does not come from ourselves, but from God alone right like that's why we depend on god in prayer because he can do things that we can't and he has power uh to do the things that we actually can't uh mark chapter 10 <clears throat> one of the things i appreciated about chapter 10 uh was the way in which he uses the illustration of the rich young ruler right and how that relates to following jesus i think it's really interesting we've talked about the rich young ruler in other um uh books but i think it's really interesting when it comes to the rich young ruler is that um i find it interesting like an odd that this is the only time in the book of mark that someone literally turns down following jesus and the reason was because of money right and i think that that is so important and so glossed over right in this text like the only person who turns down following jesus in mark is the rich angula and it's over money and I think we we're, we're 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 confronted with the fact that um, we 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 ought to prefer right eternal possessions over earthly ones right we're, we're confronted with that fact that God wants us to to choose this day whom ye will serve right <laughs> eternal possessions or earthly and you can't serve both right and that's such something uh, true that runs throughout all the scriptures and it's funny because following Jesus means sacrifice we've talked about this a ton and the disciples are like yo bro. He a dog, right? He he rich. He had he cooked the commands. Like, you know, and riches in this day of uh, many first century Jews meant that uh he was that good dude, like he had divine favor. And they're like, if he can't be saved, then who can, right? And we see here that left to ourselves, we don't have what it takes, right, to be saved or even to rightly follow Jesus, right? It is the power of God that enables us to walk with God. And I love what he says after this. And, I, and we never connect these two uh, sayings. At least I don't. He says, like, truly, I tell you, Jesus said. Now, he's referring, he was, he's, he's alluding back to the rich angula. He says, truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel hmm, who will not receive a hundred times more. Wow. A hundred times more. Now, at this time, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. But many who are first will be last and the last first do we read that right god calls us to a costly sacrificial life but guess what he rewards us in this very life as well <laughs> what a promise right and he rewards us as well not just in this life but also in the age to come so in other words he gives us double for what we give up right listen in following jesus the reward always outweighs the cost we have to remember that in following christ the reward always outweighs the cost but in choosing not to follow jesus right the, the reverse is true right the cost always outweighs the reward and i think it's interesting on a number of levels man that um you know one of the things that he doesn't say that you'll get back is a father right so he says you, know, you can leave all these things and he's like you get all these things back the only thing he doesn't say you'll get back is a father um and and i, and I love it because i don't think i think what jesus meant to say is that not that you won't get not just that you won't get a father back but you'll get a replacement right you get the father of heaven uh who is his father and our father uh those that belong to jesus as well and that's such a beautiful truth 
the text keeps going. Um, James and John, right? They're debating about uh, who can sit next to him in glory. They know that he will be enthroned somehow, but they don't understand the means and path to get there, right? Remember, he is headed to the cross. Kingdom is his message. Cross is his mission. He's headed to the cross. He says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, right? The idea of a ransom is a price that is paid to free a prisoner, right? If there was one verse that characterizes Jesus' work in Mark, it is this one, right? Jesus' very life and death uh, is the price uh, the, the the debt that is paid for us to release us from spiritual bondage to sin, right? And at the end of 10, it's so funny because a blind man is healed again. Now, remember the first healing of the blind man. It was at the beginning of eight, right? So you have at the beginning of eight and at the end of 10, uh, a healing of a blind man. And so Jesus is trying to show that uh, his, his his ministry, yes, is misunderstood, but his 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 disciples and, 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 and uh, the people of his day don't really understand what this thing is really about, right? And Jesus, again, has to show them, right, by doing what he does, by dying and rising from the grave. 11 comes. Remember, chapter 11 through chapter 16, I said it before, is one week. So the narrative is going to slow down. You got five chapters taking one week when the first 10 uh, took most of his life, right? 30 some years. So you see the narrative slow down, right, to a snail's pace, right? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because if Jesus has been teaching us about the way of the kingdom up until this point, now he is establishing it right here. He is about to do that at the cross. Now, remember in Isaiah, I think I said this before. Remember in Isaiah, Yahweh was supposed to return to Zion, <laughs> right? Yahweh, according to Isaiah in the future, part of the gospel is that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is going to return to Zion and renew it, right? And bring salvation to it, right? And so this is Yahweh returning to Zion, right? Jesus comes riding in, not with the, not with the best sports cars of the day, right? And the Bentleys and all that kind of stuff but on a horse right and in uh, uh or excuse me not on a horse or an elaborate chariot but on a donkey right uh he is the humble king of zachariah 9 we've talked about that before he comes into town uh uh wreaking havoc cursing the temple uh, uh cursing the, the cleansing the temple cursing the fig tree showing that israel has been fruitless right remember metaphorically Israel in the Old Testament were seen as trees and vineyards and vines. Why? Because they were supposed to produce fruit, right? They were supposed to be fruitful for God. And Jesus is very clearly here saying uh, that they are not. And so Jesus here is coming. And what Christ is doing is he's purifying Israel. He's purifying Jerusalem and Zion, which he was supposed to do uh, according to Isaiah. But this is not in the way they thought it, <laughs> right? Um, and so Israel had rebelled, right? They had trusted in the religion of the temple and the traditions, rather than the God over them all. And this is a word for us. Why? Because the thing that, that the things that we have that symbolize Jesus, that point to Jesus, that are for Jesus, should not be trusted in over Jesus himself. Right? What do I mean? Well, our ministries that we do for God, our books that we write about God, our blogs, our podcasts, our preachings, right? Our credentials, none of it. We have a temptation to replace those things for God himself, to make our life's aim and pursuit those things rather than about him, right? And Jesus rebukes this kind of thinking in this way of living right he and, and he shows it here in the way in the first century in the way he deals with the temple and uh kingship listen kingship and temple are always related in the bible and jesus will now replace the temple uh um in his in his work by cursing it and showing that he is the place where the atonement is made and where people come to commune with god he is the cornerstone the text will say of the new temple 
Mark 12, last chapter of this bunch, um, Jesus is ultimately critiquing, uh, judging uh, the religious leaders of his day, scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, and the Herodians, right? Another Jewish group of the first century. And at the heart of this chapter is the love for God and his love for neighbor, right? And really knowing and proving who the Messiah is, right? Based on a right reading of the scriptures and a care, his care for the widow orphan and poor and foreigner, which is on every page of the Old Testament. So in other words, Jesus is fulfilling every single promise and thread of the Old Testament. And as he comes into town, listen, he shows the way of the kingdom, the way of the cross and what it means to follow him. Right. Yet all of these lead to his death. The question is, if he's showing what it means to follow him, the question for us today is, will we take him up on his offer? Let's pray. God, we pray that we will take you up on uh, your offer to follow you, Lord, knowing that it is costly, that it is sacrificial, that it is um, not always fully understood by your people, God. But you call us to walk with you in faith. Lord, uh, we ask that you would heal our blind eyes and that you would show us yourself today. In Christ's name we pray.